Hello everyone and welcome to a new episode of the Fila podcast. Today I have two new guests to talk about ecological and social transition and more particularly about the role of foundation in this transition. The climate and social transition is at the earth of the news at this time with the COP27, which is taking place right now, but also the Football World Cup in Qatar, which is for many a human and ecological aberration. For our two guests, first we have Jean-Marc Fontan, researcher and co-director of the Philab with Peter Elson. He is associate member of the Research Center on Social Innovation, and it is one of Jean-Marc Research Foundations and Climate Action Exploratory Research that inspired us for this episode. Hello, Jean-Marc, how are you doing? Thanks for being there. Not too bad. Not too bad. I'm going well. And next, we have Jacqueline Coltinstall, a doctoral student in social work at McGill University. Her research interests include community mobilization and movement building in the face of administered and systematic violence and oppression. Along with René Audet, Juniper Glass, and Edouard Morena, Jacqueline is a member of Jean-Marc Project Team that serves as the basis for this podcast. How are you doing, Jacqueline? Doing well. Thanks for the invitation. Thanks for being there. So, um... Before we get into uh, the discussion about social transition, could one of you present your research project in uh, more depth to our listeners, please? Well, maybe I can start. When we set up uh, Philab, we had uh, the intention of looking at how philanthropic sector, mainly grant-making foundation, uh, will be able to help in the fight for social justice and environmental justice. When we start the research program, it was in 2018, we decided to launch a research relate to uh, the environmental question in relation to grant-making foundation. So we had a conversation for several uh, months with uh, different uh, philanthropic organizations. And out of that discussion, there was a consensus on doing a research that will uh, give some illustration of some foundation that are really dedicated to the uh, environmental issue. And then we set up a, a research uh, team and Jackie was uh, hired as a student to work with us. And, and then we get a kind of consensus on the goals, on the objectives of the research. It had to be a partnership research. So we did it with uh, some uh, grant-making organization and also the uh, network of uh, grant-making foundation working on environmental issues, Environmental Founders Canada. And then the research start, we got some money to do it and Jackie did a good job. And I will let her go with the main dimension of the research project. Thank you. Yeah, as Jean-Marc mentioned, it was pretty collaborative with foundations who were doing or interested in uh, climate change. So one of the things that we decided to focus on was after lots of discussion and consensus making was going with highlighting case examples of grant making foundations um, that were addressing climate action or climate change. So the research project really drew from those examples and different key informant interviews and also interviews with uh, those specific grant-making foundations as well. So focused particularly on Canada, but then some were international as well. And then, of course, like drawing from the literature, the report and the research uh, goes through framing the problem of climate action and climate change, how foundations, grant-making foundations frame the problem, going through different strategies for change. So the roles that foundations can and are taking on in this area. And then also looking at the concrete actions that they do. So if you look in the report, you can see 
the highlights of the, the cases and then it's framed in a way so hopefully foundations can sort of take this on and see where they're at with addressing the issue and go from there, whether it's through collaboration or understanding more about the problem and how it's taken up amongst foundations. Well, thanks for this uh, introduction. And actually, I've been there through uh, the report you mentioned, and I will share it to our listeners on the social media. And I've noted some something during my work. For example, a number that you put in the report, which was, you were saying that while foundation could have important implication for the climate change agenda by the situation, you mentioned that among the top Canadian grant-making foundation, the environment received only about 3% of all funding. How could you explain this number, why environmental and social transition being at the earth of the news today? Uh, well, it's it's a rough number. It's very, very difficult to really pinpoint the exact quantity of money that is dedicated to environmental issue. The thing that is sure, it's that it's not a big amount. It's a high percentage of the money. It could be 5%, it could be 7%. The uh, numbers that we saw frequently in the literature was around 3%. And it makes sense. Because when we look at what do grant-making foundations, they are mainly working on uh, education, culture, health issues, and then the social dimension and environmental dimension are in the lower part of the uh, percentage of money that is given to uh, not-for-profit organizations, charities organizations. So it's a number that we have to take as uh, an indicator of the uh, weakness of the issue for grant-making foundation. Yeah, and I guess I would just uh, point to some of the literature and some of the interview findings that talked a bit about uh, some of the challenges of trying to clearly uh, define the issue or to figure out like really the, the strategies for foundations to take on. So just one reference that I do look to lays out some of the, the challenges to do the shift to climate justice frameworks. And this uh, could be related to the percentage in, in some ways, but at the same time, it's more so to just highlight that there are still challenges to overcome when it comes to shift, doing this shift, I guess. So they talk about like some of the challenges in this shift with being not really clear on the narratives that they use around doing innovations in this area, that sometimes there's challenges around the scale and spread of this type of work and how to come up with evaluation frameworks for it. So being able to measure and figure out metrics in particular for more grassroots projects and then thinking about ge capacity and geographic reach as well. So these are just some of the, the forefront of the report, looking at the challenges in doing this sort of shift to take. So if I get this right, it's, it's not that the foundation don't want to work in this field. It's more that they, they don't know how to do it right now. That's it? Yeah, part of the of the problem is that they don't know exactly how to, to do it. Yeah, But there's also another aspect is that their mission, the way that their mission is uh, defined is not exactly exactly relate to the environmental issue. So there's a kind of tension between the need to do some investment to give money for environmental issues and the mission that they have. And working with this tension is not easy. So that's why we decide to do the, the research, uh, because in the research, we are able to highlight strategy to be able to diminish the tension and make it more easier for grant-making foundation to go in the environment 
environmental dimension to address environmental issues without um, losing their mission uh, orientation focus. For what I understand, the main objective of the project is to provide tools for foundation to understand why and how to help in adjust and supportive and environmentally friendly transitions. And so uh, in practical terms, how do the report will help the foundations to take action in the field of environmental transition? I think I brought it up a bit at the beginning and how the report is structured. It sort of begins with thinking about for foundations to think about like where they're currently at in addressing the issue. So if they have come up with a sort of common narrative or understanding on what the problem is. So it begins with that uh, narrative piece, like what foundations are um, saying in general and how they frame the problem. That's structured in a way where you could look at like understanding it individually at practice and organizational level and um, system level narratives. So like how one of the roots of the, of the problem at a systemic level is greenhouse gas emissions uh, from specific sectors and regions. So that sort of framing of the problem influences then later on in the report, the range of strategies based on some of the best practices in the literature and also in the, the case examples and in interviews. And I guess I would hesitate to say best practices. I, I don't know if I can say, I can be the one to say that at this time, but potential roles that they can uh, take on based on what's currently happening. And then again, the, the later part looks at like the actual tactics and uh, that different foundations take on, such as uh, divestment from fossil fuels. Or So it looks internally to what foundations are doing, but then also what programs and investments they're doing externally as well as somewhat of a, a guide or suggestions or roadmaps for, for what they can uh, take on. And then actually later on, there's specific case examples they can look through as further guidance in that direction and different foundations that they can connect with because one of the big findings was the importance of collaboration and coordination strategically in addressing the issue. Um, you talk a lot about narrative right now, and I would like to know, what, because it's, it seems that narrative and mission statement is a key notion of this project. And from what I understand and from what I've read to the report, you think that another way to help foundation to invest and be present in an environmental transition is to rethinking the definition of the climate change program. You were mentioning before that the, the two key problems were that they didn't know how to, to invest, but also that the mission statement were somewhere far away from this environmental dimension. Why is that the problem and how can we change that? Well, for example, an organization that is working um, on a cultural issue, for example, they, they would like to subsidize a museum. For them, their priority will be around the, the the nature of the museum, maybe the accessibility to for the public and also the quality of the collection and so on. So their main focus will be around those things and the dialogue they will have with, for example, a museum to bring money in the museum will be around the main activity of the museum. And even the museum will not see as a priority to discuss environmental issues with the funders because they think that that's not what they are subsidizing. So you see, there's a kind of uh, difficulty of communication to bring the environmental issues in the equation of bringing money to uh, Doni. And I mentioned uh, a museum, but it could be a shelter for women. It could be 
for uh, homeless people. It could be for uh, a program in a university. Uh, they will mainly focus on the core of the project. And for them, the environmental issue is just outside the core. And it's not central in the discussion. So the report tried to highlight is that it's possible to do both, to do the core mission of the grant-making foundation in subsidizing a not-for-profit organization, but also to bring the environmental issue in the equation. Uh, there's different way of doing it. And we are not exploring all the ways. That's why we have uh, focused on different case study that would illustrate different kind of action that are possible. Uh, do you have a, an example of uh, this case study that we could talk about right now, like an example of a foundation that is trying to do this uh, link between demission statement and a good transition? Yeah, I think... Um... What came about also, just adding to what Jean-Marc was saying in framing some of the issues on the ground, is that the ones who did do uh, this sort of work were understanding climate change as interconnected with issues of like poverty or issues that they already are addressing. So looking at uh, really forefronting the notion that like climate change is influencing all these other areas that we're already addressing. So there's several examples. I focused on nine case examples and one that's somewhat locally based is the Catherine Donnelly Foundation. So they are working and addressing issues of poverty, but then frame it in as integrated with the issue of climate. And that's one of the reasons why they address it both in uh, internally to their work and also like in their uh, grant making as well. And there's some that work very explicitly on climates like tides, Canada as well. And then we also focus on Trottier Foundation, who have a specific program, an environment program. So yeah, as you can see, there's, I guess, different levels of focus that people take on in addressing the issue as well. And also we can say that there's two ways of working around the environmental issue. One is internal, how a foundation by itself will be able to reduce its environmental footprint. So that's one issue. And the second issue is when they are dealing with the donies, how can they help donors also reduce their environmental footprint? So it's also a question of willing. How far grant-making foundations are willing to do the exercise of understanding what is their footprint on environmental issue? And also to have the willing of having holistic discussion with the donees, not only on the project that is donee is submitting to a grant-making foundation, but also on the environmental condition of working for the organization that will receive money. And that will be doing special intervention with uh, people that are uh, in a poverty situation or that are consuming um, cultural activities in a museum or frequenting a university with a specific program that is financed by the grant-making foundation. So the idea is to try to have a, a holistic conversation around the nature of the project that is subsidized, but that project is also embedded in social justice elements and environmental justice elements. So the, the conversation should go also towards those two elements. But like you say, there is a need for this talk about environmental because there is another word that comes a lot in the report. It was urgency. It seems like it's really critical to do that change right now 
in the foundation sector and foundation are at the core of social transition. So if they can implement this environmental dimension in the action, it will be really, really good for society in general, right? Yeah. Well, the grant making foundation are not at the core of the solution. They are one part of the solution, a small one. The main actors still are the states and the whole range of economic organization. Of course, another actor is the public in general. We are consumers. We are consuming a lot of things that are making uh, the capitalist society possible to, to have exchange on the market. We are working, we are buying, we are throwing away a lot of things. So the philanthropic actor is only one small actor, but it has more power than others because grant-making foundations are independent of fortunes. They don't have to create money. They have money. So they can use the money and they have the liberty of choosing the way they will be spending the money. So that's why it's important to have them work in a way that it will answer the main urgencies that are present in our society. The two main areas of work is uh, social injustice and environmental injustice. So uh, that's why we need to have them play their role. And, and even if they have limited resources, because uh, in relation to the states, the philanthropic money is it's, it's not nothing, but it's uh, not sufficient. It's it's only it's less than uh, than one persons of the uh, the capital that is available. With that one person, it's possible to do a lot of things because they have the possibility of linking people together, of linking organization, of making bridge between organizations that have difference uh, in their culture, in their way of understanding the world, in the way of doing things. You know, communication is not so easy between the uh, economical sector and the community sector, but uh, grant-making foundation can make a bridge between those two worlds and have communication. That's what we need. That's why collaboration, partnership, and influence, the way that the grant-making foundation can lobby either the private sector or the public sector, because those sectors are the key ones to have systemic change in society. I would just highlight some of the things that Jean-Marc mentioned. One of the things was this disconnection that can happen, yes, amongst like movements and grassroots groups that are trying to influence change So on this issue. So one of the things when probably the ones who are more like social justice oriented and would talk more strongly about urgency would reflect some of this interest in bringing people most affected by the issue more to the table or even to the forefront in some cases is what people were saying around how grant making could be possibly more participatory. So there were some options like that, that some of the foundations in the case examples presented around how to deal with some of the barriers for more grassroots groups to access foundation funding. So that was just one thing that also came out in terms of a shift. And then also there was an emphasized piece as well by some of the key informants on the work of public opinion and of public engagement as well, as you mentioned, and how they could and do have a role in um, engaging with the public around the issue and shifting for helping to understand and uh, collaborate around how this issue affects everyone and what it could look like through foundation, foundational support, but also amongst many different stakeholders to take up the issue in a more urgent way. So yeah, I just wanted to highlight those few things that Jamal did mention as well. 
So it seems to me that there is a lot of work to do still. And that the project that you are doing is trying to, to help the foundation to get involved. You mentioned that at the beginning of the podcast, Jackie, that you were also looking at international foundation. Are there any countries where the philanthropic sector is already invested in this transition that can serve as example for Canada? Or is it a worldwide problem right now? I'm not sure if I have like the best international scope because I did focus this research on firstly Canada and then widened it a bit if there were particular foundations that were doing more work. Like we did have an interview with folks in the UK as well, but also uh, one foundation that we highlighted in the US um, who are working amongst communities who are in proximity to, I guess, in an area that was severely affected by environmental destruction and things like that. So yeah, I, I couldn't pinpoint like a particular region, although I would, I could follow up on that <laughs> in a future study, or maybe this is future research that could be done. Sorry, I guess I would add one thing about international perspective, though, because in framing the problem, you know, there is an understanding amongst foundations and also in the literature around the places most impacted by climate, and then those that are producing both regionally and amongst particular sectors that are producing the most um, fossil fuels or, or have a big hand in the problem itself and then those that are most impacted. So there is that uh, understanding around like the global north may not be the best terminology because it's different countries. So, But I think it's very important when looking at the framing of the problem to pay attention to that piece that's highlighted in the, the literature around which regions are uh, most impacted and how they could have also more of a role in doing some of this Uh, work in the transition as well. So yeah, I just wanted to uh, highlight that relationship that exists and that's also in the uh, report as well. Jean-Marc, anything to add? Only that there's uh, more and more, I think, grant-making foundations that are aware of the importance of uh, the environmental issues. And uh, I hope that this awareness will be translated into real action because we need uh, more and more uh, organizations to work on the uh, big agenda of uh, reducing social injustice and environmental injustice. So I think uh, the work we did was a little help, and we hope that uh, it will uh, be a tool for some organization to get involved in those two big issues. Well, thanks a lot. Um, we've been through the main questions I wanted to ask you today, but I don't know if there is anything that I haven't touched that we should talk about before we close the episode. So if you have any, any anything you want to add. If uh, we are good, I want to I wanna say thank you to both of you for coming uh, in today and answering all these questions. I have this beautiful talk about a subject that is at the core of the news. Thank and, you very much, uh, Thibault. It was a pleasure. And to our listeners, um, I thanks again for them to listen to a podcast every month. And I say see you soon for another episode.